0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitstairs, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings.
1: Good evening, thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily podcast. It's Friday the 26th of August and my name's Charlotte Greenway. Speculation has continued this week as to where we will see the world's highest rated ratios, Baid, next. With the Irish champion stakes, the ARC and the champion stakes at Ascot all being thrown around. Jay Mangan raised the idea on this podcast this week that the Irish champion stakes may even be the hardest assignment, as there he could face Verdaini. It was a week to remember for Mark Johnston, as he became the first trainer to hit the 5,000 winner mark on Wednesday at Kempton, and he didn't waste much time in getting his five thousand and first and first the next day at Carlisle. It was in an interview with Racing TV after this race that he expressed his displeasure with the 2023 fixture list that was released this week. After many desperate calls to cut fixtures in order to make British Racing more competitive and as a solution to increasing field sizes, it was revealed on Wednesday that although there will be an increase to the minimum race values, the quantity of fixtures remains the same. Chief Operating Officer of the BHA, Richard Wayman, joined Nick on Thursday morning for an extended interview. And here's Richard explaining when any changes to the fixture list may be made.
2: The the sort of approach was announced back in the beginning of June and work has been ongoing since then in preparation for a two day meeting, which has also been um, talked about publicly in the middle of September. And that will effectively bring all of the industry's leaders into the room to to really commence work on the future shape of our list and indeed other aspects of of the industry strategy. I think the reality is that, you know, developing an industry strategy will not happen in two days uh, in in the middle of September. And realistically, I think we're very much aiming towards uh, changes that could be implemented for the 2024 fixture list, um, which would basically mean that over the sort of following six, seven months, uh, decisions on how we want our sport to look in the future, what sort of fixture list will grow the appeal uh, of British racing to our, our various customers. It will give us that period of time to, to develop the strategy um, and make sure it's in place so that when we put the 2024 fixture list together, which really begin work begins on that in sort of March, April next year, there is a clear and agreed vision for uh, for where we want to be uh, in, in, you know, in the short and medium term.
1: Now, time to look ahead to this weekend's racing, where the star of the show in Britain is probably derby runner-up Huya Mal. Since the derby, he's been bought by Gay Waterhouse for £1.2 million from the Goffs London sale to head down under with the Melbourne Cup his likely target – but before jumping on a plane, George Bowie has been entrusted with this valuable cult and he ran a big race for George at Glorious Goodwood. So Nick caught up with George yesterday, ahead of his assignment this weekend, back at Goodwood, to find out how he's been since his last run.
3: Very pleased with him. He's he's been a very straightforward horse since we got him and um he came in came in great shape and he hasn't hasn't had to do a huge amount really. He's he's been ticking over, his work's been his work's been good and um, it looks like being a small field on Saturday I think
0: yeah a small field on Saturday he's nods odds on favourite at the moment do you think that in any way could inconvenience him the possibility of it being a bit of a mess
3: uh, I had a long chat to Gay Waterhouse last night and my one hope was that my fellow owner Nick Bradley was going to run Al Kareem and he's now not chopped up so um, he's a horse who likes to get a lead I think and um yeah, it could turn into a bit of a strange race. I think the the haggis horse looks like it might turn up. And yeah, he's a horse who uh, definitely looked to be better in the derby and then at Goodwood when he was, you know, when he had a good pace to run at. So that could change the complexion of the race for sure.
0: But it'll tell you something a little bit more about his about his stamina for sure, going to, to 14 furlongs, the the distance of the St. Leger's 14 and a half furlongs. He's now 10 to one for the ledger the race is starting to thin out quite significantly Uh, how do you feel about him as a as a potential winner of that race
3: he's yeah he's obviously gotta he's gotta stay the trip which is the main thing and and i think the one thing that he's starting to do now is he's starting to relax and you know he's very much a horse who we're preparing for gay and adrian to, to try and run two miles on his first start out there so Everything that we've been trying to do is is to slow him down, as it were. I know it sounds a bit mad to go and try and win a Melbourne Cup, but he was a free going horse, and um, yeah, look, he's his preparation has been good, and the race is, I think, as Gay said last night, it's coming together rather than falling apart. Um, but yeah, he's he's creeping up the betting, and um, I couldn't be happy with him really.
0: How does it feel for you to to train for and with Gay Waterhouse?
3: yeah it's great it's um i I never really thought it would happen gay was a been a great mentor to me and and worked for her before i went to hugo's and um yeah to have a horse of of his caliber you know she they obviously buy horses to to go down there and, and they do stay with their trainers and you know but he's he's by some way the highest rated horse in my yard you know he's he's three pounds higher than cachet who who's won a classic so um no look it's a it's a huge honor and and he's um hopefully gonna could do well for us before he goes down there.
0: You put a tongue tie on him first run for you. Why did you do that?
3: Um I think it's a bit less frowned upon down in Australia and Gay was with me for a week and, you know, it was her decision. She wanted to put one on and you know, I don't think it's anything to to his detriment. He um you know, they put a set of blinkers on without without batting an eyelid, they put a tongue tie on. Lots of them wear, wear different headgear the whole time and um, it would be no surprise to see him have his his headgear upgraded first up in the Melbourne Cup, but wouldn't be surprised.
1: The feature race at Goodwood on Saturday is the Group 2 Celebration Mile, for which the favourite is Muta Sarbeck. And his trainer, Charlie Hills, spoke to Nick this morning about the task he faces tomorrow and whether he believes this is a golden opportunity for the son of Invincible Spirit, who's gone close in group company on his last three starts.
3: Um, it does yeah I mean the race is cut up uh, but you know having said that he still hasn't won his group two yet or group three so um, he's shown he's got the ability to to win a race like this and we're happy with him at home and the track shouldn't be a problem either
0: Uh, do you think he gets a a truly run mile
3: Uh, yeah yeah, I do Um, I I certainly do he's got a good cruising speed and uh, I think a mile is not a problem at all
0: and the horses are running very well again after that. A little bit of a lull just in the in the middle of the the summer there, uh, but over, overall, how happy are you with the year?
3: Uh, it's been good, yeah. You know, it's pretty pretty consistent. The horses have been in great form. Like just like you said, look, they, they sort of went just missed a little month there, uh, but they seem back in good form. And look, it'd be nice just to you know Mr. to to win at the weekend, and then we could hopefully look um, look at maybe a group one with them later on in the year.
1: There's cracking prize money on offer in Saturday's 100000 pounds Tassels Somerville Auction Stakes at Newmarket, open to last year's graduates of the Tassels Somerville Yearling Sale, and Woolhampton, who's still looking to break her maiden, is one of the favourites having been placed in the Weatherby Super Sprint and the listed St Hughes stakes on her last two outings, and trainer Rod Millman discussed her chances with Nick earlier today.
3: I mean, on the form, she's got the best form going into the race, but the draw has been awfully kind to her because there's a lot of pace on the other rail. I mean, Eddie's boy that beat us in the super sprint, he needs a rail to run up against, and they've been given the best draw for that purpose, so he'll be hard to beat. But um, my filly stays on really well. In both her recent races, she stayed on strongly in the final furlong, so I'm hoping the sixth furlong might just bring out a bit more improvement in her. But she's a really nice filly, very sensible filly, um, and she's, you know, really easy to train and that's the thing about phillies you know i think because we're based down here we've got our own facilities they don't get too worked up so it keeps them nice and relaxed whereas in the big yards they've got to go across the downs at new market and everything it's a lot more relaxed here
1: you know now, the feature race of the weekend comes from America in the form of the Grade 1 Travers Stakes, where one of the three year old Colts may get the opportunity to stamp their authority, as as of yet, there's no clear leader. It's a fascinating contest with the Kentucky Derby 1 2 3, the Preakness winner, and the Haskell winner all declared. And NBC's Matt Vernier gave his thoughts.
4: It, it's a really interesting race, both from what these horses have accomplished and also the potential pace scenario you know early voting is a horse that wants to go but uh, frankly i thought he was very disappointing in the jim dandy the local prep for this race if he doesn't go or even if he does go you would assume epicenter is going to be taking up that chase but it's worth noting his, his most recent races he's been a little bit lackluster out of the gate breaks a little bit on the tardy side and next thing you know he's either last or second last or third last so that'll be a fascinating dynamic to take a look at you brought up rich strike you know, was he a one hit wonder or is there reason to believe he can get back to that form from the first Saturday in May? You know, I don't want to hold the Belmont stakes against him. His running style was never going to be conducive to the mile and a half at Belmont Park. It just hey. horses don't rally from off of it.
0: Hey, Matt, but, what what about these? What about these works? I'm hearing Rich Strike's been posting. I, I've been reading some some great stuff in the in the press about how he's been scorching the, the track in the morning. Are, are you buying this or or, or are you ignoring it?
4: Yeah, look, I think it's a positive. You don't ever want to have a horse coming into a big race, you know, running clunkers in the morning. Uh, I will say some folks have laid it out that he was doing the same thing prior to the Belmont, and he didn't necessarily perform, but I still believe that's more circumstantial than anything. Uh, I don't know that he was ever going to run well at, at the Belmont simply because horses don't typically have success rallying from off the pace going a mile and a half. Mile and a quarter at Saratoga, if for some reason this pace does heat up, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to win the race, but I think it would be a little bit rash to just assume that this horse can't pick his feet up. I think he could put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit the board at a decent price.
0: All right. Who do you think will win the race?
4: I will say one of the more intriguing runners in here is sort of the third of the three Chad Browns, Artorias. He's lightly raced and he's on the improve, but I'm going to go with a horse that I think is still getting disrespected despite the fact that a victory on Saturday, he is the three-year-old champion, at this point, and that's Cyberknife, for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. His victory in the Haskell, I think, showed a great deal. He's a horse that mentally is still a a bit of a work in progress. But for him to be able to be versatile enough and athletic enough, for Florent Giroux to to put him into different positions and make multiple moves throughout a race, I think speaks volumes about his talent level. I don't have any question about the mile and a quarter. It'll be his second time going this far. The Derby draw line through it. He was too close to the pace. I think they recognize he's a horse that wants to come from mid-pack, have a target, and at the top of the lane be in position to strike. I think if he runs back to that Haskell, he's right there. And to be honest, I, I am expecting him to move forward. And if he does, I think he's going to be a handful.
0: I'm going to ask you four more questions. Two of them pertain to this weekend at Saratoga and two to the Breeders' Cup. The first concerns Jack Christopher, who's reappearing in the Allen Jerkins. Again, he's trained by the in-the-news Chad Brown. This was the race in which last year we saw Jackie's Warrior get the better of the returning life is good. Are we expecting an exhibition from Jack Christopher back in, in distance this time? You know, he's
4: taking on some good horses. I, I believe Conagher is a potential runner who's a nice... One turn type. Uh, there are a handful of others that could certainly make it. But Jack Christopher, let's keep in mind he ran very well in the Haskell. Just the distance got to him. This is what he is: seven eighths, one turn mile, even a two turn mile. I- I'm expecting to see him back in the winner's circle next Saturday.
0: I want to ask you about Broome. He runs in the $750,000 Sword Dancer. He was second in the Breeders' Cup. He's a Group 1 winner for Aidan O'Brien. Ryan Moore is going over to ride him. Now, there's nothing of any consequence in Europe this weekend, so I wouldn't read too much into that. But what sort of opposition has he got to defeat?
4: Well, I, I hate to say this, but sort of the usual suspects. It's, it's a group of horses that have taken turns beating one another. They're all capable. They can run big races from time to time, but they're not particularly consistent. So I think this is as good an opportunity as any. For a horse like broom to come over here frankly I, I would have expected more european participation but uh, it is it's the usual suspects it, it's the goofos the channel makers the rock emperors the the tribuvens. you know adamo i suppose maybe is the freshest face of them all for chad brown but uh, you know uh, put it this way if broom runs his best i think he wins
1: plenty of racing to enjoy over the next couple of days and then tom stanley will be in for nick on monday morning Bringing you the latest news and insight from around the world of horse racing. Have a great bank holiday weekend and thank you very much for listening.
0: You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with FitzDares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.